I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Get Home Safe podcast, a Memorial Day episode. Happy Memorial Day to everybody out there, and thank you for joining us here on the Get Home Safe podcast. For those of you that are not watching on YouTube, we got uh, a few American flags here. We got one here on the laptop, always one behind me, of course, and my my fancy new uh, new cowboy hat, American flag style. So I don't know who's digging this and who isn't. But, uh, you know, I got some grief when I brought it home. Valerie goes, what is that? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, a, it's an American flag cowboy hat. What's not to love? And she just kind of rolled her eyes. And uh, anyway, uh, happy Memorial Day to everyone out there. May 31st, 2021. Uh, what a great day it has been so far. Uh, I got to say, it's been an incredible weekend. But as for me, uh, individually, uh, I've really enjoyed my Memorial Day so far. I've got a little sun, little color. It kind of matches the the redness of my shirt here. But uh, I had the privilege to go over in uh, Norco, Norco, California here, and uh, take part in a ceremony honoring uh, many fallen soldiers uh, from uh, the U.S. military over the years. Uh, Valerie actually performed at the ceremony. So I was there in the back and it was a few hundred people, probably around 500, an outdoor kind of an amphitheater setting with a very nice um, uh, fallen soldiers memorial, a place there in Norco that does honor uh, the veterans and um, everyone who served the POWs, the, the missing in action uh, and, and so forth. But just an amazing, amazing ceremony this morning that I had the privilege to attend and was so proud of Valerie for playing her bagpipes a few times uh, during the ceremony, uh, throughout, she played Amazing Grace at the end. She played uh, all of the various uh, branches of the military. She played their theme song, and e- each member of the military stood up during uh, e- their song. She played at the very beginning just to kind of get the the uh, ceremonies going. So nothing but uh, pride over here from uh, from me towards my girlfriend. This is one of the many things she does with her bagpipes that uh, I'm just very proud of. She's always they're uh, honoring the troops and the, and the fallen in some way or another. And I got to tell you, there's something to be said about uh, you know, being with being with the bagpiper. I mean, I was there, up there just minding my own business. Then I come down to see her afterward and a bunch of people are giving her, you know, props and saying, man, we really enjoyed it. I got to meet the mayor of uh, Norco. I mean, he goes, he looks at me, he goes, who is this? I'm like, Hey, my name's Matt. I'm just with her. And uh, so that was really cool seeing all the city council there and, and Norco, for those that don't know, is a very, it's a very patriotic town. It's, it's like a cowboy type of town, um, horse town, USA, they, they call it. And I, I, man, it was like an hour and a half, just a great ceremony today. They had, there was a 21 gun salute. They unveiled five new 
uh, plaques there in the memorial. They have, uh, you know, bricks on the ground with names of fallen soldiers. They had uh, some some plaques in the wall that they were honoring some some new people today. Those five individuals, their uh, their pictures were on the table in the front of the ceremony. And man, it's just very powerful stuff. 21 Gun Salute went right into taps toward the end. The uh, Norco ROTC was there. There was a flyover. I mean, it, it, it was so inspiring today. And to hear the stories of countless people who have given their lives and not just those who've given their lives, but you know, the gold star families, as they call them, the, those, those families, those mothers and fathers who have lost children the gold star families. I mean, the, the Norco uh, city just all together did it, did it right today. I mean, they take pride in their patriotism, which I am always a fan of, but they were, it was just, I don't know. You think of Memorial day and it's, yeah, it's a day off. And for, for some people, you know, last week saying, Hey, enjoy the long weekend. And that, that's all they said about it, which is totally unacceptable to me. Um, we'll get to that stuff later in the week, I think with bill, but uh, for me, Memorial Day is a special day, one that is the unofficial kickoff of summer, but a day that is truly a day we should always remember. We should always think about not just those who've served, but those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. It doesn't matter which war it was, uh, what you think about those wars or conflicts. I mean, it's about the soldiers and, and the men and women who have sacrificed for us. And, and I want to go a step further. It's not just about those who, uh, who you know, lost their lives on the battlefield. A lot of them, it's the people that are wounded and come home not the same, don't have uh, limbs, you know, ha can never walk again. Uh, some people can never truly function again because of PTSD and, and some of the things that, that they've gone through. I heard a, a few of the people that were honored today in Norco were, were individuals that died later in life in 2010, 2006, you know, as a result of some of the Agent Orange stuff that went on in Vietnam. So, uh, you know, there's, there's people that maybe don't die in the battle in that moment, but suffer throughout the years later on and then end up uh, passing away as a result of their service. So I always want to differentiate the, you know, Veterans Day versus Memorial Day. I think that's really, really important because some people just like brush it aside as the, as the same. Oh, it's, you know, Memorial Day, you know, oh, it's an, yeah, a military honor day. But no, uh, I saw a lot of tears today. I saw people that, that were standing for people that they knew. Uh, Norco did it right. They asked people, hey, if you knew this person we're talking about, please stand. Hey, if you served in, the, in this branch of the military, please stand. I saw a lot of older veterans, guys proudly wearing their, their hats that said uh, served in Vietnam, um, some great shirts as well, just patriotic shirts and, and things. I was, it, it was such a, a nice change of pace from what I've been kind of seeing the past few months, this almost this hatred of America versus uh, the people that honor those who have done so much for us because you, you, you cannot truly appreciate all the things we have unless you really do think about the sacrifices, uh, the things that people have gone through that you and I who have not just, we can't even imagine. We'd like to think we could, we watch the war movies, you know, we see Saving Private Ryan, we see, we see American Sniper, Lone Survivor. Yeah. Uh, Sunday I was watching 
There were some reruns of Band of Brothers and all that stuff's incredible. Some great movies that really take us kind of, you know, into those battles, into those moments. But that is is still um, a movie. It's still something that's not real. They try to make it realistic, but we really can't imagine the horror, the hell that people have gone through. And even though Memorial Day is honoring the people who, who we've lost, you know, I often also think about the people that watched loved ones die in battle, had to hold them in their final moments and then live with that the rest of their lives. I mean, I get a little emotional when I think about uh, just so many of our, of our military and, you know, make no mistake about it. I'm a guy that's, you know, always patriotic, always got the flag behind me. I always believe in the, the foundations of America and, um, just the vision and, and to, you know, all men are created equal and the land of opportunity, uh, land of the free home of the brave. I believe in all of that stuff. And some people want to water it down or maybe go another direction. But for me, uh, it was nice to be around people that truly did love America. They loved the military, the soldiers from all branches, army, Navy, air force, coast guard, Marines, uh, they, they're even threw in a, a space force, uh, <laughs> thing today of honoring people who serve there. I mean, just truly remarkable. I can't say it enough. And so proud of Valerie for her willingness to go up there in front of a lot of people on a warm day and perform, um, some, some songs, amazing grace. And, uh, I think to see the reaction that some of the, the veterans and their families of, of lost one loved ones, lost ones, I, that really tugged at my heartstrings a bit and just incredibly proud of her. Uh, she uses her, she, <laughs> she uses her powers for good uh, as I, as I tell her uh, with the bagpipes. So, um, you know, unfortunately with her instruments, her instrument, I should say, she, uh, a lot of her gigs and things she does is funerals and kind of somber occasions. That's just the nature of the bagpipes really. But um, I, I do think that it, it gives people hope in hearing the music that she plays. It gets people in a better mood. And it, if nothing else, it gives them opportunity to reflect and think about um, loved ones or, or people that they've lost. So I uh, can't say it enough. Very proud of uh, my girlfriend, Valerie Burns, getting up there with the bagpipes and uh, uh, helping uh, make a, a wonderful Memorial Day celebration there in Norco, California. Uh, so I heard some great quotes. First of all, the 21 gun salute and then straight into taps as a trumpet guy. Uh, that's something that's always moving to me. I was just like fighting back tears and then hearing the stories of these people. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how else to, to say it really. I hope I'm doing it justice and to say that uh, Memorial Day is a special day. And uh, I think we, it's cliche. We're always like, hey, it's not about the barbecues. You know, you know remember the people. We all say that, but do we really believe it? Do we take those moments to think about those who've come before us and have, have paid the ultimate sacrifice? And I, I think we need to do it more than just Memorial Day, right? It should be more than just one day. But if of all days, Memorial Day, the uh, very end of May, the beginning of summer every year, uh, it's, uh, it's a day that we should all be grateful and thankful that we didn't have to go through some of the horrors that people have done before have seen and experienced before us. So anyway, happy Memorial day to everybody out there. It's a, it's a sad day, but also a day to, you know, of celebration, because if you look around, look around your room, look around your neighborhood, look around your city, look around your country. None of that is possible without sacrifice. 
and probably uh, the best quote I heard today from uh, the various speakers. One was uh, uh, a lady veteran got up there and she said, the uh, giant American flag behind him at half mass, she said, the American flag does not blow with the wind. It, it, it is blown by the last breaths of those who have given their lives for this country. And I was very moved by that. I probably butchered the exact phrase, but I was uh, very moved by that statement. I thought it was, was great. And um, another quote was something along the lines of, you know, you may not know these people who have paid the ultimate sacrifice, but we do owe these people. So uh, I, I thought that was very well said. Um, there were some uh, amazing prayers. There was, uh, there was everything. There was so many different things in this um, ceremony today. And I encourage people out there, if your city, if your community does have some type of Memorial Day celebration, uh, I encourage you to get out there and participate and, and go and, and it, what is it, an hour, hour and a half maybe of your time that uh, if, if they have a Memorial Day celebration, man, participate because it, I'm not going to say it's as well. Memorial Day and 4th of July to me are very, very similar in the sense of, of their importance. Um, but you should celebrate both of those holidays almost equally, the, the equal uh, amount of enthusiasm and support uh, here moving forward because Memorial Day, um, man, I believe if it started after uh, the civil war to kind of honor all the people who had died in this, in the, in America's darkest time really. And, um, yeah, since it's, it's been around, I mean, we've, we've fought in a lot of wars, we've uh, all kinds of battles and, and it's just, uh, everyone who's lost their lives wearing the, the American uniform should be honored. And not everybody gets the big ceremonies that like you saw today or I saw today. And, and I encourage you guys to participate in um, some, some soldiers, some military came home to nothing, to no, no praises, to uh, almost being ridiculed for wearing the uniform. And that truly breaks my heart. So, um, but anyway, try not to say too much more about what I saw today, but I was, I was blown away. I really was. And, uh, one of the best Memorial days I've ever had to date. Now looking back on a few Memorial days, um, well, specifically what I think about on Memorial day. And, and today I, that's kind of transitioning here into our suds with studs segment. Uh, for me, I don't want to just honor one person. I kind of did this before with uh, Memorial day and suds with studs. Um, I think it would be a disservice to kind of pick out one individual when so many people have lost their lives uh, for uh, the United States of America. And so today I want to honor, I want to pay tribute in Suds with Studs to uh, every single person who's given their lives to, uh, to the United States uh, in, in our various wars and conflicts. Uh, let me see here real quick. Um, yeah, let me see. Just looking something up real quick here, but um, to all the people that have uh, passed away in, in combat for the United States, and, and there's more than just people who've passed away, you know, getting shot at by the enemy. There's accidents, there's friendly fire. There's just a lot of uh, terrible moments where, where people have lost their lives. And, you know, naturally it's part of military life. It's part of the possibility 
uh, when you sign up that you could be killed and, and you're willing to give of yourself to the, uh, to the cause, uh, to America, to, to freedom. So um, I just looked something up here real quick and I, just because I wanted an accurate number. Um, and this was, yes, okay. So since the Revolutionary War, there have been 646,596 American troops who have died in battle. And more than 539,000 died from other non-combat-related causes. So really think of those two numbers. I mean, well over half a million uh, Americans who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. I know, uh, you know, v Vietnam was 50,000 Americans. Uh, World War II was uh, pretty heavy, pretty heavy uh, combat losses there as well. Uh, but just think of those numbers. Like, I don't think we always put into put man like when you when you break down how big a number is and and put human life to that like you hear oh 500,000 oh that's a lot of money or something but when you break that down as like individuals that that is a lot man that is just i can't even fathom like the fact that we've lost that many people uh total deaths uh, us deaths in world war 2 was uh 291,557. So, uh, wow, that's a big one. That was a big one. I mean, so many people in World War II lost, uh, oh, that, the, that was supposed to, the, the Great War, World War I was supposed to be the war that, uh, you know, ended all wars. And then 20 years later, uh, it happened again. So just really, really sad. But uh, to all the people who have lost lives in, uh, throughout history, throughout American history. Um, I salute you. I thank you so much for your sacrifice, not just you, but your family members. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty darn sad uh, that we've lost so many people. World War One, we lost five, uh, over 53,000. Uh, World War Two, over 291,000. Vietnam, over 47,000. Korea, almost that forgotten war for some reason. Uh, people just kind of, you know, after World War II and it, it was like, ah, another war, whatever. But it was like over 33,000 people we lost. Um, the Iraq the Iraq War in 03 to 2011, 4,000 people. Uh, we'll see here. The Civil War, of course, over 200,000 Americans. I know that was American versus American, but but still, I mean, think of all those numbers. I mean, think of the U.S. population now, how many people, you know, uh, how many people have been wiped out in, in various times of our history? I mean, the coronavirus, you know, uh, situation going on and all the people that have passed away there. I mean, to lose such a chunk of people at a time in various wars, just beyond sad to know that most of those people were young men in their 20s. And in Suds with Studs today, I want to give a few thoughts about you know, you think about people dying in combat and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, he, he was killed in action. But do you guys ever truly think about, I don't know, the, the horrors, the horrors of death in some of these situations? Can you imagine being in a foxhole as explosions are going around and that terror, that absolute fear praying that shrapnel doesn't hit you 
praying that if something does hit you, that it wipes you out and it doesn't leave you barely alive where you're suffering. Can you imagine being in the landing crafts in Normandy, looking around at other 18, 19, 20 year olds and knowing, knowing you were going to die as soon as those doors opened. probably crying, praying, throwing up, knowing you have all this gear and all this training, but you probably are not going to stand a chance. Those doors open and you're going to die. Being in the Middle East, being in the desert where it is uh, ungodly hot, you're thirsty, wounded. Maybe support can't come get you. And in your final moments, you're just praying for your fellow soldiers that none of them get hurt. Thinking of others rather than yourself. Revolutionary war going up against the greatest army in the world at the time, arguably, in the British. Standing face to face with them. Knowing you're going to die, but the greatest country in the history of the world was going to be formed as a result of your sacrifice. So you put that bayonet on your rifle. You take that first step forward. You close your eyes. You probably say a prayer and you let out a scream, a scream of intense energy, almost as a way just to rally within yourself to charge into gunfire, to charge cannon fire, artillery, to charge towards an enemy that is fortified and knows you're coming. Those are the things I think about when I think of combat deaths. I think of the Battle of the Bulge in World War II and how awful that was and, and men in their foxholes together. I've read stories of Guys begging their, their buddies to kill them because they were suffering so much. I've, I've heard stories of guys getting their limbs shot off and, and bleeding out, but not bleeding out fast enough where they're suffering. and trying to crawl. They have no chance, but they're trying to just do whatever they can to stay alive. I'm not trying to get anybody down here on Memorial Day, but I want us to truly think about the sacrifice. There were a lot of quick deaths that have occurred in our military. A helicopter shot down, maybe a, a, a bullet through someone's head. But there's a lot of deaths that didn't happen immediately, that took time. And in that time was absolute suffering and agony. That's the stuff I think about when I look at the American flag, waving in the wind. When I think of Memorial Day, 
I don't think of the people that were fortunate enough to be killed instantly. I think of the people that died tragically. The people that were POW, POWs and were tortured. And it took them years to die. I pray for every soul who has sacrificed so much for us and the people that have died for us. But my heart really does break for the people that really suffered in their death. Didn't die instantaneously. It took time. They struggled. They fought. And with every breath they took, was more suffering. And I can't imagine holding one of my comrades in my, in my arms and just trying to be there, knowing they're going to die, just be there. And, and so they're not dying alone, knowing that letting them know that someone loves them and cares for them. And I can't imagine having to carry that with me then throughout life. So I get a little pissed off when people don't stand for the national anthem because they want to make it about them. I get a little pissed off when people don't take their hat off uh, uh, in, in, in respect for fallen soldiers or maybe when the national anthem is played. I get a little pissed off and it's because I think People who disrespect America, who hate America, and who disrespect the American flag, they're spitting on the graves of people that have sacrificed themselves for this country and, and to those that suffered, suffered in their final moments so that we could be free. So I get a little pissed off. And yeah, I wear my American flag hats and I always got a flag behind me. And yeah, oh, Matt, you're just, you know, I've, I've met people that are like offended by people that are overly patriotic, which I laugh at. I'm like, really? Interesting. What's that say about you? Kind of, kind of funny. It's not really funny, but, but uh, you can tell a lot by how offended people are by the red, white, and blue, the stars and stripes. I think it's very telling. Anyway. Happy Memorial Day to all those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. Um, I would love to sit down and have a beer with every single one of you, and not just by the first round, but every single round, for all the people that have sacrificed for us, for all of us. And what's crazy is they sacrifice themselves, not just for the people that love them, but for even the people that despise them, for the people that hate America and are still here reaping the benefits of freedom. The people that hate the military and hate the U.S. flag, you know what? They even died for you, which again speaks to the selflessness of those who wear the American military uniform. So to everyone out there, I hope everyone raises a glass to our troops on Monday. And to every single one of you, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, not just trying some virtue signaling here or some cosmetic uh, theater. I truly do believe these things. 
And I'm inspired every single day by more and more stories about military members just conquering inconceivable odds against them and, and coming out on top or doing remarkable acts. So um, in moving forward, I'm going to continue to do some more suds with studs. Uh, this weekend, I found some great uh, stories of people that I want to talk about on Mondays. And I know it's only five or 10 minutes or so, but I do want to continue this suds with studs segment because I think it's good. It's good to reflect on people, uh, those who've sacrificed so much, not just military, but law enforcement as well. And people, Medal of Honor winners. I mean, who's not inspired by hearing some of the stories of sacrifice? I know I am. And it's a big reason, selfishly, I want to do it just to find out about some people that have done some things. And then I know when I go about my work week and I complain about something, it's like, you can't complain. You have nothing to complain about. You're not getting shot at. You're not in the desert in 120 degrees carrying all kinds of gear and worried about uh, when your next hot meal is. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So we can always pay tribute to the American military and people who have done so much for us. We have to. We absolutely have to. We owe them so much. And if you don't believe that or you want to roll your eyes on this holiday and just say, ah, it's a long weekend, I feel bad for you. I really, really do. Happy Memorial Day to everybody out there, guys. And thanks for joining us today on this edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. Now, I'm going to go into a few sports topics here because uh, that's typically what we do on Mondays, right? Um, first of all, some other news before the sports stuff. PC4, baby. Pete Clark, he has uh, really achieved quite a bit on his road to recovery after his heart issues. He has had surgery. He's now home. I mean, I, I the countless prayers that have been answered, the, the hundreds of prayers that have gone out to Pete Clark and his family, uh, you really do see the power of prayer, the power of friendship. I mean, Pete has inspired all of us and uh, looking forward to him continuing uh, success in his road to recovery. I know his wife, Sarah, is very happy for him. Uh, the entire Clark family, I mean, couldn't be happier for them. There's a GoFundMe page for anyone who wants to donate to medical expenses or other things. Uh, I think I posted something on my Facebook page. But if anyone is interested, by all means, uh, reach out to me and, and we'll, we'll set you up in the right direction. But man, God bless you, Pete Clark. We love you. Happy to hear the road to recovery is going well. I know it was, uh, it was hit or miss there for a while, some, definitely some obstacles. But I, I heard someone say uh, that basically what happened to Pete, only like 1% of people survive. So where he's at right now is truly remarkable. And it's by the grace of God for sure but also the uh, hundreds of people, the hundreds of prayers and their support. So Pete Clark, happy to hear you are doing well, my friend. Keep it up. Keep inspiring us every single day. And I keep you guys updated here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Okay, some news that occurred over the week. Something uh, I've mentioned to you guys about as far as one of my favorite radio shows. I listen to it in podcast form and that's Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. He runs a great company. He is a guy that... Um, I think calls out the wokeness in sports and he, he's always been just a kind of the opposite of your typical sports media. And so he made a big announcement over the week that I was a little bummed about, but also excited about uh, Clay Travis did his final outkick the coverage radio show this week on Friday. 
and he is going into a new program. He is going to be in that Rush Limbaugh time slot, uh, noon to three Eastern time. And he is teaming up with Buck Sexton and uh, it'll be the Buck Sexton and Clay Travis radio show, uh, kind of replacing that Rush Limbaugh show that, that was there for so long. And whether you like it, you know, right, like Rush Limbaugh or not, I mean, this is a big deal. Uh, Clay Travis, uh, I just finished his book, Republicans Buy Sneakers 2, uh, incredible book. And, and for those of you that are like, oh, Clay Travis, he's just some right-wing extremist. No, he's not. He's actually a lifelong Democrat, uh, voted for Obama twice, actually, actually worked on the Al Gore campaign. Um, has some, you know, left-leaning viewpoints, but also just a common sense viewpoint. But what's funny about him is he's viewed as this super right-wing guy in sports media because sports media has gone so far left that even a moderate, maybe slight right guy like him is just viewed as this extremist. So he's the voice of reason, I think, in, in sports media. He's now doing a new radio show with Buck Sexton starting June 21st. I'm very curious how that goes. Uh, I can't wait for it, honestly. Uh, I'm a little bummed because my favorite sports radio show is gone. But I think Clay Travis has said that they're going to talk some sports as well, just because sports and politics seems to clash uh, these days. And so there'll, there'll be a lot of that too. But I'm curious how he does kind of as a co-host instead of just, you know, just him as the main event. So looking forward to that. But again, bummed that I'll kick the coverage. Uh, is kind of done with Clay Travis, even though that show will continue and more than likely the replacements will be, I think, Jonas Knox and Brady Quinn. Nothing's official yet, but uh, the show will go on just without uh, Clay Travis, who I think is one of the best voices in all of sports media. So congrats to him. It's probably a pay pay raise for sure. And he's going uh, national at a, at a really good time of day. So keep your eyes peeled for the, the Buck Sexton and uh, Clay Travis radio show, probably in podcast form as well. Uh, I mentioned the hat. What do you guys think of this? Is this, is this, uh, I don't know. Is it too much, too little? Man, I did get some sun today, though. This face, man, red is, as red as this shirt. I don't know how often I'd wear this. I, I bought this hat thinking, you know what? Memorial Day and uh, 4th of July are probably the only two times I'll wear this hat. But I uh, definitely, I like the stars and stripes. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it suits me or not. I'm not a, a big hat guy. I like hats, but I don't think they like me as much. Anyway, I don't think Val likes this hat. Thinks it's a little too out there. But hey, to each his own. I figured, why not? Memorial Day, man. Come on. No big deal. Uh, okay, let me see. Let's go into uh, some sports topics. First of all, a, a Memorial Day weekend tradition. I, I know we don't talk talk much car racing on this show, but I had to mention this after watching this on Sunday. Helio Castroneves won the Indianapolis 500, not only uh, won on Sunday, but this is his fourth victory. He won in 2001, 2002, and 2009. So this is his fourth time he has won the uh, legendary Indianapolis 500. He's only the fourth guy to win four different times. Uh, before him, AJ Foyt, Al Unser, and Rick Mears each had won uh, four times themselves. So Helio Navis, it's been 12 years since he won his last Indy 500. Uh, but man, I watched kind of the last few laps of the race and watched him pass up uh, Alex Palu uh, with like three laps remaining. He passed him up good and then held him off in the final lap and a half or so. So a pretty good race. I'm not a big IndyCar guy, but you know, Memorial Day weekend, that's a tradition, man. The Indianapolis 500. And again, what did I love? The thousands, the, the thousands of people that were there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway taking a part in the race. I thought it was awesome. 
just having another full crowd and could not be happier for uh, Mr. Castro Navis, a uh, Brazilian driver, uh, driver, I believe. I hope I didn't mess that up. Um, but yeah, four-time winner. Man, what can you say? There's not many people that have done that. So congrats to him on uh, on winning the the Borg the Borg Warner Trophy four times. Uh, pretty pretty awesome stuff. And uh, to to be in the to be amongst those those names that I mentioned as a four-time winner, just uh, incredible incredible stuff. Okay, on Memorial Day, the NCAA baseball tournament uh, tournament was uh, released as far as the 64 teams that will be participating in the NCAA tournament, which begins on Friday, the regional 16 regional sites. Uh, one of my, I, I don't participate as an umpire anymore uh, in this sport, but I, I do, uh, I do love the sport. I appreciate the game. And uh, I did want to make mention as to the bracket and also give maybe, maybe a few uh, projections if I would here upcoming. Uh, I love Memorial Day for a lot of reasons, but they always have that selection show that uh, comes out for uh, NCAA baseball. So one of my favorite weekends of the year is upcoming Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, 16, four team regionals. There, there you get your 16 teams and the way the regionals work. So you got a four team regional, right? There's two games on Friday. Each team plays each other. Okay. On Saturday, there's two more games. The winners of games from Friday play each other. Uh, and then the, the losers of the games Friday play each other. So after Saturday, the team that loses the first two games, they're obviously out. The team that wins their first two games, they advance to the championship round. And then you have two one and one teams left, right? After Saturday, the winner of the losers game and then the loser of the winners game, right? So that'll take you to Sunday. The first game Sunday is the battle of those two one and one teams. Uh, the loser of that is obviously out with two losses. This is all double elimination format. The, the winner of that, who's now two and one, then plays the team that is two and zero, oh, and they have to beat that two and zero oh team twice. So they have to play two games on Sunday. They got to win the one the 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 one one matchup, then they have to play and and beat the two and zero oh team that night on Sunday night to force the extra game, the game seven. If the two and zero oh team wins their first three games, three and zero oh sweep. Everyone's lost two except them. They move on. That's just just to give you guys an idea of what a regional is for those of you that don't know. So it's a great weekend. Every pitch is big. Every pitch matters, and it might spill into to Monday. Most uh, tournaments, most regionals, I should say, go uh, end up on Sunday, but they do have that extra game on Monday, perhaps, uh, or if there's some rain issues and things. So a lot of college baseball this weekend to watch. And uh, I know a lot of umpires around the country. I know I know many of them personally that are going to be out and about traveling the country and working at uh, one of the 16 sites. Uh, the 16 winners then advance to what's called the Super Regionals, and it's there the weekend after where it is just uh, eight separate Super Regionals, head-to-head, uh, Team A versus Team B. It's a two-out-of-three two out of three series, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and whoever wins two out of the three advances to the College World Series. That's how you get your eight teams in Omaha. So – before we uh, look too far ahead, let's look at the bracket, all 16 regionals. I'm going to also give you my projected winner. Uh, I, I don't know all these teams. Uh, it's, it's a crapshoot, I guess, but at the same time, why not? Let's have a little fun. So uh, Arkansas, the number one team, the number one overall seed out of the SEC, the SEC champion, by the way, beat uh, Tennessee on Sunday in the SEC title game. That was a lot of fun to watch. 
Uh, Arkansas will, and, and again, how the regionals work, they're seated one through four in each, each region. Uh, so the one team plays a fourth team in the opening game and the two plays a three, obviously. So Arkansas will be playing the New Jersey Institute of Technology, NJIT, their first ever regional appearance, as you probably are well aware. And Nebraska is playing Northeastern. So I think uh, Arkansas is a clear cut winner here. The best team in the country. They're going to, uh, win this regional uh, in either three games or four or five games, uh, however many they got to play. I think Arkansas comes out of their regional here. Okay. We go to Louisiana tech. They are hosting a regional for the first time. Um, you know, not, not as a well-known program, but did achieve a top 16 seed, meaning they do get to host one of these 16 regionals. So Louisiana tech is going to be playing Ryder, And then the other two teams in their regional is nc state and alabama um i don't know much about louisiana tech i know alabama it was kind of a surprise to get them in the tournament i'm going to go with uh the acc team here in this regional i i think north carolina state will in fact upset the louisiana tech uh what are they i don't forget what they're mascot is whatever they are uh i think they're gonna uh be upset at home a disappointing way for their regional to end but congrats to them on hosting okay we got uh, kind of a west coast we got a few west coast teams that are hosting stanford will be playing against north dakota state on friday and the other side of the the bracket in that regional is uc irvine against nevada the wolf pack so the big west champion taking on the mountain west champion and then uh, stanford taking on the, the bison of north dakota state so I think here, I really like uh, what Irvine has. I think they go up there and they win this regional, uh, taking down the Stanford Cardinal. Stanford's ranked number nine in the country, but I think Irvine is scrappy enough and talented enough to get uh, to get uh, a victory up there in Palo Alto. So uh, that's who I got winning the uh, Stanford regional here. Okay, it looks like. A friend of mine just got his assignment. Uh, I know where he's going now. Yep. Okay. I won't broadcast that yet, but uh, interesting. That should be some fun where he's going. Uh, anyway, it's kind of fun to know when to know some of the guys that are umpiring. And uh, that's another reason I watch uh, all, all day, all the games is so that I kind of tune in and see my buddies working. Cause I got friends all over the country, not just California, Arizona. I mean, guys in the East coast and down South. So uh, it's fun tuning on and seeing your buddies work games. Okay. I got Irvine, uh, beating Stanford at their regional. Okay. Texas tech is hosting, uh, army, uh, Texas tech, the red Raiders will be playing army, uh, also in this regional two basketball powers, or at least historical powers, the Bruins of UCLA and the Tar Heels of North Carolina. Uh, pretty awesome uh, to see those two teams matching up. It's not too often you don't you don't see either UCLA or North Carolina hosting. They're both usually in that top 16, even top eight uh, field. So they're going to Texas Tech down in Lubbock. Uh, another another regional. I am gonna maybe with a little West Coast bias here. I think that uh, UCLA comes out on top. Another regional host that will fall. And you know the nice thing about being a regional host, you're playing on your home field. That's a big reason why you want to host, right? They're not at neutral sites here in the college baseball. One of the teams from there is hosting and everything. So uh, I like UCLA to beat North Carolina, to beat Army, to beat Texas Tech. I like them to advance into the Super Regionals. Okay, the first Pac-12 
or second second Pac-12 team that's hosting is Arizona. They will be taking on uh, in-state rival Grand Canyon, the champions out of the whack. Saw them win on Saturday night. Congrats to them on another conference title. Uh, the other two teams are Oklahoma State and UC Santa Barbara. This is a tough one for me. Arizona's ranked fifth in the country. Uh, Grand Canyon, I think, is going to play tough baseball. Oklahoma State out of the Big 12, uh, they're no slouch. And then you got UC Santa Barbara. Personally, from what I've seen so far, this might be one of the toughest regionals out there. Seriously. And, ah, man, this is difficult, but I think Grand Canyon's. I don't see Grand Canyon going 0-2. I, I think they are going to put up a little fight here, maybe win a game or two, but... Uh, eh. All right, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. The Gauchos, the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Maybe I'm a little biased again. Big West bias, I don't know. I'm going with the Gauchos to win the Tucson Regional this weekend. That's going to be an interesting uh, regional from top to bottom, so keep your eyes on that one. Okay, we go to Mississippi. Ole Miss, the number 12 team in the country, was ranked top five for a lot of the season. They're going up against uh, Southeastern Missouri. Uh, The other side of the bracket, you got Southern Miss and Florida State. I'm not going to mess around with this one. I think Ole Miss wins their regional. They're uh, ready to make a run here uh, towards Omaha and and maybe in Omaha even. They got a pretty good team, and uh, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna really have some postseason success here. So I got Ole Miss winning their regional. East Carolina hosts uh, Norfolk State, and then Charlotte plays Maryland. This is the East Carolina regional. I've actually been to an East Carolina regional, not as an umpire. I just happened to be an hour or so away when I was working the college summer league out there in the coastal plain league and decided to go watch some baseball games over in East Carolina, the pirates, the purple and yellow pirates. And I really love their stadium. Awesome. Awesome facility. I mean, it's just, it's just a different atmosphere. They have this, like uh, all these little palm little trees in the outfield. It's like the jungle. A bunch of people stand out there. I went out and stood out there for a bit, a uh, really good environment there at East Carolina for everyone out in that region of the country wants to go see something cool. I, uh, I highly recommend it. I think East Carolina wins their regional great home field advantage there. And I don't think they're going to have any problem. Okay. The last regional on the, well, on this side of the college world series bracket, we'll say Vanderbilt was, is playing against Presbyterian. The other two teams are Georgia tech and Indiana state, the Sycamores, the fighting Larry birds uh, are going up against uh, the Georgia tech yellow jackets. So Vanderbilt's the number four team in the country. I like their tradition. I like their coach, uh, Tim Corbin. Is going to have these guys ready to play. I think Vanderbilt out of the SEC wins their regional. Uh, I don't know if it'll be easy, but I think for the most part, they're going to handle business and be okay. All right, to the other side of the bracket, the Texas regional down in Austin, Texas, the number two overall seed is playing Southern U. The other team in their bracket is Arizona State against uh, Fairfield. I think for sure this is going to be a Texas versus Arizona State regional final. Uh, Arizona State, you know, they got their hands full with Texas, especially being on their home field. So I do think Texas ultimately wins this regional, but I think Arizona state is going to put up quite a fight uh, in the regional final, maybe forcing a game seven. I don't know, but I think Texas will ultimately advance down in Gainesville. The Florida Gators will be playing in state rival South Florida. And then another team from Florida, the Miami hurricanes play Southern Alabama, Florida ranked number 15 in the country. I think it's going to go down to Florida and Miami, which is, you know, anything can happen at that point, but I do think the Gators are too strong and will in fact win 
uh, the Florida Regional. All right, that takes us to South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish out of the ACC. They're going to be hosting their first regional since 04, I believe. They are going to be playing Central Michigan. The other side of the bracket is Connecticut against Michigan. Uh, This might be one of my bigger upsets here. Uh, I don't know why exactly, but I think Michigan, who played in the national title game a few years ago, I I think they still got some magic to them and uh, maybe haven't been all that challenged in the Big Ten and everything. But I think Michigan goes in there and upsets Notre Dame. I think it goes the full seven games. And whenever Notre Dame loses along the way, I think Michigan and head coach Eric Backage comes out of the South Bend Regional with a victory, taking down the number 10 overall seed, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. All right, to Mississippi again we go. The Mississippi State Bulldogs taking on Samford. Uh, The other side of the bracket is VCU and Campbell. I talked about that Arizona Regional being the best one on paper, at least I think. This, to me, is the easiest regional on paper. Mississippi State, the number seven overall seed. I mean, you look at these three other teams, Campbell, VCU, and Samford. I mean, come on. Uh, This is Mississippi State all the way. We've seen big upsets before, but I, I do think Mississippi State should win this regional pretty handily. All right, to TCU down in Fort Worth, Texas. They're going to be playing McNeese. The other side is uh, Oregon State and Dallas Baptist. So Dallas Baptist right in their backyard there. They'll be comfortable. And then Oregon State, great history. You know, they're, they're always kind of on the verge of upsets and everything. But I watched TCU over the weekend playing the Big 12 championship game. They can put up runs. They got some uh, some heavy hitters and could put the ball over the fence in a hurry. So I like TCU and Jim Schlossnagel to win the Fort Worth Regional and advance to the Super Regionals. All right, the the 11 overall seed in the country. This is a little surprising, but Old Dominion is hosting Jacksonville, South Carolina, and Virginia. Uh, So some pretty heavy, heavy names there in South Carolina and Virginia from the SEC and ACC, respectively. This is a tough one. Um, I respect Old Dominion for the season that they have had, but ultimately, I think it's uh, I think it's the Virginia Cavaliers that will go in there and win the Old Dominion tournament. I believe Old Dominion is in Virginia, so I think there'll be a lot of uh, Virginia fans there. I don't know how much that will pay uh, play into into the regional and everything, but. Uh, I, I do think, yeah, Norfolk, Virginia, Old Dominion. So Virginia is going to have a lot of fans there, and I think that is what takes them uh, to the finish line and wins the Old Dominion Regional. All right, in the Northwest, the Oregon Ducks are going to be playing Central Connecticut. The other team in that bracket, or other side of the bracket, is Gonzaga and LSU. Gonzaga, the WCC champions, and LSU, who has uh, had a kind of a down year this year. They're, they're usually not, not hosting. Right. Um, but they've had a, a down year and it was announced earlier in this week that head coach Paul Maneri, who's been around a long time, national championships here and there, he will be in fact retiring. This is it for him, his final season. So I think LSU is going to play hard, maybe put themselves in a position to uh, win a, the regional and everything. But uh, I'm going to go outside the box a little bit here. I'm going to go WCC. I think the Gonzaga Bulldogs come out of this regional. They're playing not too far from home up there in the Northwest. Uh, No rhyme or reason to it, really. I think they're a pretty good team, but I do think Gonzaga comes out of this regional. Now, make no mistake about it. Oregon could just sweep sweep through it and, and make me look foolish here, but 
Hey, that's just my pick. Don't hold it against me. I got the Gonzaga Bulldogs uh, advancing out of the Eugene Regional. The final regional on of the 16 is the Tennessee Volunteers down in Knoxville, Tennessee. They're hosting Wright State. Uh, they're going up against Duke and Liberty. I think Duke is definitely a team to be reckoned with here. They played in the ACC title game on uh, over the weekend. Uh, with uh, who was that North Carolina state Duke actually won the ACC tournament. So Tennessee played in the SEC uh, tournament final loss to Arkansas. Uh, this is a really tough one of those two teams. Duke won the ACC final one, nothing um, on Sunday. They're going up against a pretty good Tennessee team. I liked what I saw overall. I watched a lot of SEC baseball from Wednesday all the way through Sunday. And I liked what I saw the body of work from Tennessee. So I do think Duke's going to, going to take it to Tennessee a little bit and Tennessee will have their hands full, but I think ultimately Tennessee will, will come out on top and uh, win their regional there in Knoxville. uh, Even though Duke is going to put up quite a fight. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my roundup there for the baseball regionals here. Uh, upcoming next weekend. I'm very excited. I'll be watching games. I mean, how many games is that? 16 regionals and two games a day, 32 games each day, Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And then possibly more on, on, uh, on Monday, maybe half, half as many. I don't know. So uh, get your ESPN uh, apps ready. Get your ESPN plus ESPN two. It'll be all across the family and networks. So be sure to tune in. Okay, we talked last week about the NHL. We talked about hockey and kind of where they are at as far as their playoffs go. Round one is almost complete. Most teams have advanced to round two. And uh, there's one game seven uh, left in, in um, excuse me, in round one that is actually going to be played tonight, Monday night, uh, that I will uh, tell you about right here. But uh, of the other the other uh, first round matchups are, are are complete. It was let's see, Colorado sweeping the St. Louis Blues four games to none. The Boston Bruins took down the Washington Capitals four games to one. The uh, Winnipeg Jets, I think I mentioned that they swept the uh, Edmonton Oilers four games to none. The New York Islanders took down the Pittsburgh Penguins four games to two, and it was Tampa Bay, the Lightning, beating. The Carolina Panthers in six games, four games to two. Uh, the remaining games, it was the Golden Knights of Las Vegas who went seven games with Minnesota, but ultimately prevailed uh, four games to three. And Carolina beat the Predators. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes beat the Nashville Predators four games to two. I think I said Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Florida Panthers, not the Carolina Panthers. I'm thinking football. Uh, but anyway, that is uh, who won the first round. So we're on to the second round, and here's what we got. Uh, Boston leads the New York Islanders one game to none. They play later today on uh, on Memorial Day for game two. Uh, the Hurricanes, the, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, are playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay leads one game to none. That game is up for – or second game is on Tuesday – the Colorado Avalanche and the Las Vegas Knights, Colorado leads that series one game to none. So those are your three of the four second round uh, matchups. We still got to wait for, uh, who is it? Is it that Canada series? I think that needs to finish up. Yeah, game seven of 
uh, of the first round is tonight, the Maple Leafs and Canadians on Memorial Day to see who advances to that second round. So after tonight, there will be down to eight teams. Uh, what is that? Four, four, let's see. Yeah, four teams in each conference. So, uh, or the playoff pods and everything. Yeah, I forgot to mention that's going to be a little different this year, as, as I mentioned before. So hockey's getting right down to it. Some great games. As I mentioned before, it seems like every game is an overtime, which is uh, was absolutely nuts. Uh, but it's it's been incredible. Uh, I did see Wayne Gretzky. He left uh, as a part owner from one of the teams, I think, was it Edmonton? Can't, I'm sorry, I forget. But he signed with TNT, who's actually going to be broadcasting uh, all the games for uh, as, as NBC sports is kind of moving off of hockey. It's now going into ESPN and TNT next season, much like they do with the NBA. So uh, keep, keep your eyes peeled for that. But apparently Wayne Gretzky signed and he's going to be a pretty big, uh, pretty big deal. There as an analyst for TNT. Uh, it had to be a pretty lucrative offer for him to participate in that. Um, let me see. I remember a few years ago on a Memorial day, I was trying to think about some Memorial day memories I had, and it was a few years ago. I want to say 2016, 2016. And I was fortunate to be up in Fresno working the junior college uh, state championships up there. And it was uh, like a regional format, as I just mentioned, the Saturday through, uh, through Monday in this, in this case. And we get to Memorial day and we're just like, all right, let's finish this up. You played the, uh, the championship game. I had first base and it was rather warm. And I hate being the guy that complains about, you know, weather. Cause it's like, dude, it's hot for everyone. Stop complaining. But anyway, it was, it was a warm day. Worked first base. The uh, underdog team, the team that had uh, one loss uh, be- beat the undefeated team. So we had to play the, if necessary game. So he turned right around and I had to throw the, throw the plate gear on and, and work the game after that. So Memorial day in 2016, a memorable one for me being on a baseball field all day, really and uh, finishing up the junior college uh, state national champion or national state championship, I should say, one of the uh, highlights of my umpiring career. Um, Let me see. Uh, Lastly, I will kind of make this a rather quick show today. It's it's just, there wasn't really a bunch of fighting or anything. I did mention the Indy 500. I talked a little bit about hockey. Hockey playoffs have been pretty great. And then, of course, I'm fired up for the baseball regionals coming up this week and gave you my predictions. But I want to close out today's show with with a memory for me that was something that I did. I got the uh, I was privileged to be a part of. And I've mentioned it on the show before. But I got to uh, take a trip to Europe uh, as part of our school uh, curriculum, I guess you could say, kind of being at Real Hondo Prep. We got to go to Europe. And we raised money for it. And it was just was the, the guys in the high school, the guys went one year, the girls went another year. We didn't always go to Europe. We went across the country. We traveled and toured a bunch of things. So we did a bunch of things like that. But anyway, uh, one of the most sacred places I've ever been to is to Normandy and uh, Omaha beach where uh, D-Day occurred, where the allies landed and uh, began their liberation of Europe against the Nazi uh, tyranny. Well, we were there admiring the graves and the straight line of the graves and the crosses and just uh, seeing some of the bunkers and just looking out on the shore and just thinking about just trying to imagine what that day was like, June 6, 1944, where so many allied troops just stormed the beaches, getting mowed down by machine gun fire and, and 
explosions and grenades and all kinds of stuff from, uh, you know, the Germans who were dug in and ready, ready to go. I mean, guy, just trying to get through water, I mean, ocean water with gear on and, and weapons while you're getting shot at. I just, oh, it's crazy to think about. And I, I don't know how it came about, but we're there at the cemetery and uh, the cemetery is actually U.S. soil, which is interesting. Look it up and, and see how the, the um, cemetery ground there at Normandy in France is actually U.S. Um, not occupied. I don't know how you would phrase it, but it is U.S. territory maybe. I don't know how to say it. But anyway, um, it was the sun was starting to go down. And I forget what members of the military it was, probably the army. And they came to our group. It was a group of us boys, you know, young, young guys in our high school age. And uh, they asked if there was two flags, they were, they, they would lower two flags at sunset. And they asked our group if any of us wanted to participate in assisting of lowering of flags. And I think my teachers and coaches, they knew this is something I would absolutely love to be a part of. So they chose a guy from each class and they selected me as one of the guys. And so it was one of the greatest honors of my life was helping these military personnel lower the flag, hold it as they fold it. I mean, you just felt the power of that moment. And I remember thinking to myself, like, do, do not, you don't think of dropping a flag, right? It's not heavy or anything, but I just remember thinking, do not left this out of your hands. I gripped it so tight because I didn't want it to pull. Cause it was a windy day. I think the flag blew up into my face even a little bit. And it was a, I didn't do much. We didn't do much. We just kind of had our arms out as the military guys were, were doing all the work. We lowered the flag softly, right? Folded it up, stood there and just a powerful, powerful moment. And it was something that I thought about today on Memorial Day. And I wanted to share with you guys again, because it really was probably the greatest honor of my life to participate in something that lasted, you know, a couple of minutes. But it's something I think about obviously on June 4, June 6th, uh, D-Day, I think about on Veterans Day, I think about the 4th of July, and I always think about it on Memorial Day. So wanted to share that story with you guys. Um, I hope you guys all have a great Memorial Day. It's almost time to fire up the barbecue again. We, we, we did some like tri-tip and some stuff yesterday. But we might have to go a little bigger today. I got some more steaks marinating and going to try to transition a little healthier here in the upcoming week. But tonight, Memorial Day night, it's time to, uh, to celebrate and honor those who have uh, come before, before us and done so much for us. So uh, hats off to everyone who served to all members of the military who have paid so much and not just those people who uh, physically did the fighting and gave of themselves, but to all the families out there who have had to, you know, suffer throughout life without somebody um, or know someone who, who passed away, that's gotta be very difficult. So um, guys raise the American flag uh, proudly. And I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful, Memorial Day. Let's try to make every day more like Memorial Day. I think America would be a much better place and we would all um, probably get along a lot better. I think so anyway. But anyway, guys, thanks for joining me today on this short edition of the Get Home Safe podcast, the Memorial Day edition. Uh, couldn't be 
more happy to share it with you guys, if only briefly. Cheers to everyone out there, to your barbecues, to your pool parties, however you're celebrating. Uh, please take a few moments at least uh, to pay tribute to so many brave men and women who've come before us and paid the ultimate sacrifice for every single one of us. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your three-day weekend. And as always, guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. We greatly appreciate the support. We know we have a lot of loyal listeners out there, but we always want to keep people informed of the many ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. We have various social media platforms. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. There's plenty of ways and options to listen to the Get Home Safe podcast. Anchor helps distribute our podcast to places like Apple, Spotify, Google, and many more. We also have a YouTube channel that is brand new for us. Not a whole lot of content on there yet, but we're going to try to put out more and more video episodes in going forward, as well as short clips here and there regarding uh, big events that happen uh, over the course of time. So lots of options out there, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, offer uh, some suggestions or content uh, topics, or uh, just ask us some random questions. We always appreciate that. I know Bill Barnes does, especially on Wednesdays. So uh, looking forward to continue to bring you great episodes here on the Get Home Safe podcast on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Guys, have a great rest of the week. And as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.